Hello, everybody, and welcome to this episode of the Sports Fixins Podcast. I am Michael Dine, and as we move to a now more sparse recording schedule due to things like life, um, <laughs> as we move towards a more sparse recording schedule, no, seriously, we're going to be more sparse because I'm working a ton again this month. Um, I mean, which is good because I, I, I need the money, but... I yeah <laughs> at the same time but yes I I once again do not have any weekends for a while so well uh, and Mike also has a personal life too no, <laughs> yes I have a personal life yeah um so I have to keep myself sane and and work um and and my weekends is like the actual weekends not my work weekends my actual weekends is usually the times where I'm out doing things with a girlfriend or whatever, so there's, like, other stuff to do, too. Um, but I was able to squeeze in a recording today because, you know, the I was out with the, with the significant other yesterday, and we are going to go out today, go out to the pool. It is 90 degrees as we're recording this here in Indiana, but we decided not to and just stayed in, so... Um, here I am. So, Mr. Justin Minkley, it's been a minute since we talked. What's up, buddy? I am pretty busy and well, Mike. There's just been a lot going on. You know I write about sports a lot. You know I've been trying to keep up with things. Uh, mm -hmm. Other recordings have been going on, too. Just trying to make my way through things and hitting up the American Ultimate Disc League as well. Where the Chicago Union, they renamed their name from Wildfire to Union, are one and zero. So that's that's basically what I've been up to. Yet you've been working your way downtown, running fast, and we are going to not run fast through this show, but we're going <laughs> to keep down the two bits on this show. Just two little pieces. Uh, piece number one: uh, Justin Minkley and the NHL playoffs. NHL playoffs are well underway at this point. They have been for a while. Minkley and I, to a lesser degree, will talk about that. And then our main event will give a good long chat about what has been an exciting NBA postseason. And I'm probably going to get, after we're done here, I might throw it on the uh, TV in the background as I'm sitting here in my living room. I'm probably going to have Game 7 of Dallas and the Clippers on at some point at some in some fashion. Because that should be a good Game 7. Uh, but first, why don't we start out with the NHL, Mickley? Yeah, so we're in the second round of the NHL playoffs, and we are getting quite the matchups right now. Uh, Tampa Bay and Carolina, two, series, two teams we thought would play each other in the second round. We got Vegas and Colorado, two teams we thought were going to play each other in the second round. They're duking it out right now. Tampa got their third win in game four yesterday get this they scored eight goals no not the lightning the lightning and the hurricane scored eight goals mm -hmm. combined in the second period of yesterday's game that's tied third most of all time in any nhl playoff game which wow. is pretty phenomenal um tampa does lead the series three to one and one must think this ends in raleigh on tuesday and that's when game five is uh, but we'll see Vegas and Colorado play tonight as of, as I mean, Sunday night. Um, Colorado came out on fire, but Vegas is gradually 
taken over the series, even though Colorado leads three games to one right now. Um, East is the New York Islanders and the Boston Bruins, so those are the third and fourth seeds. Uh, the Islanders tied the series up after game four last night. This is also the last season of Nassau Coliseum. So if the Bruins win game five, they have a good chance of closing it out at Nassau Coliseum forever. Uh, but we'll see. Uh, that one's been exactly what I thought it was. And then in Canada, this is the big one that has really shocked people. The Edmonton Oilers were bum-rushed out after four games. The Toronto Maple Leafs led 3-1 to one against Montreal. Now, that's an all-time rival. Montreal, they lost the last three games. And Montreal is playing Winnipeg in the second round. Right now, Montreal leads the series two games to none against the Jets. Um, the big thing that has come out during the playoffs is who is playing in the conference finals. So the winner of the Central Division is going to play the winner of the East the winner of the Canadian division is going to play the winner of the West in the conference finals. So even if Montreal wins, because we've known them to be a team in the Eastern Conference for how many decades, um, they're going to be playing either Colorado or Vegas. And I personally believe, Mike, this is going to be a fun Stanley Cup matchup that we're going to get past the conference finals because I think Tampa Bay is going to get back. I'm not telling you who the opponent is going to be on the western side, but it's probably going to be Vegas or Colorado, and I'm really excited to watch that. Yeah, the really interesting thing about uh, the NHL playoffs right now is probably that I would say that first-round series, uh, well, uh, Canadians-related anyway, that that first-round series, boy, the Leafs being up 3-1, the top team coming out of that northern Cana- uh, northern or Canadian, whichever is the proper name for it, um, coming out of the All-Canada division. And that was really surprising. I mean, Toronto's an incredibly talented team, and I don't understand how you blow that to the Habs. I've seen several theories on, okay, what led to the collapse. But the ultimate thing that leads to the collapse is Mitch Marner looked like crap. And Austin Matthews was very non-relevant after three games. Mm. And I get, you know, people are saying, oh, the John Tavares injury, yada, yada, yada. They, they have a bunch of old people for depth like Joe Thornton. It doesn't matter. There's enough speed and physicality where you dominated this team six out of eight games in the regular season. So whatever people think it is with some of these stars showing up, let's be honest. The Leafs just suck and they, and they choked. It's okay to admit it. Yeah, you know, they did lose John Tavares. You read about that. But I thought, you know, honestly, though, losing John Tavares shouldn't be the difference between if you're if you're the one seed in that division. That probably should not have been the difference between you getting reverse swept by the Habs or not reverse swept quite, blowing a 3-1 against the Habs and not. I feel like you should have been like that lead seemed a bit more comfortable than than just one player and he's down, especially when you have that, you know, Austin Matthews dude who's yeah. kind of good at the whole hockey thing a little bit, you know? I mean, Matthews is the Rocket Richard winner this year for most goals. He put up 41. And I'm really finding it difficult. Why did he just disappear? I mean, look, McDavid and Dreisaitl really weren't relevant against the Jets series. But that's because the Jets had something planned. 
-hmm. and they just didn't, they they hid their hand if this was a poker reference and right. the the canadians didn't really have to do anything i mean montreal just you know they played physical carry price played in the net and it's more of a confidence thing and i think uh, as some analysts said, I think after you knew after game six was done, you knew Montreal was probably going to win game seven. But Toronto still has the roster to do it. And I don't understand why they couldn't make it out of the first round after you're up three games to one. And again, against the Canadians team that, I mean, coming into the year probably wasn't exactly a favorite to make it to the spot. Uh, in the playoffs. Uh, otherwise, um, the the Colorado and St. Louis series, I still think St. Louis is is a good team. I think there was a good selection of teams that made it uh, out of the out of the uh, the West, I believe, uh, out of Colorado, St. Louis, Las Vegas, uh, and the Wild. Uh, Colorado and Vegas are the two. Is that the right two coming out of that division? That you think the two best teams. You mean Colorado and Vegas, I mean? Or... Yes. Oh, yeah, I do indeed. I thought the Wild were going to come out because they had a great regular season against Vegas. Um, but the Knights had a great first three games, and I don't think the Wild could duplicate what was really going on. So um, I think what we've gotten for sure, I mean, take that game one out of it where it was just a one-sided. This has been the series we've been wanting to watch. And whoever the best team is in that series is going to the Stanley Cup Finals, in my opinion. Is that your Stanley Cup winner? Um, you know, I think it depends on if Tampa holds this 3-1 lead. I think they will. But ultimately, I think it's going to be Tampa Bay who wins it again. You think it's going to be Tampa to beat uh, Carolina, who had more points in them, finished ahead of them, in the regular season, and Tampa just down in the three spot, but you think Tampa's still one of the best teams in the National Hockey League? I think they are the best team in the National Hockey League. <laughs> and here's the thing. Carolina tried to play all defense in the first three games. And they got one game out of that. Great. Uh, and Nadelkovich, Alex Nadelkovich, who's up for the Rookie of the Year nominations, he started the first two games. Uh, Tampa beat him. In two games, by scoring two goals, and in games three and four, Peter Mrazek stole the performance, playing all defense. Um, they got into a shootout yesterday. Tampa wins six four. So I and, and you saw this with Florida too. You can skate them down the ice. You can play hardcore defense against them. Tampa's going to find a way to beat you. And I think what really stands out here is both Florida and Carolina are very hard teams for almost any other club to face. They're not scared of Tampa Bay, and Tampa's still found ways to just skate them out of the building. So I think, yes, they are your best team in the NHL. Uh, the other uh, division is contained, you mentioned right now, the matchup there, your division finals basically is Boston and uh, and New York, the island, the Isles, and the Bruins, but that was not your top seed. You're not even your top two seeds. In fact, that belonged to Pittsburgh and the Capitals. What happened to the Penguins, who were the top overall seed in that division? 
Um, well, I think some of the Penguins' issues have stemmed from the past postseason appearances, too. I think what's good is they made some necessary trades. Jeff Carter was a great addition. But this came down to, is Ilya Sorokin better than Tristan Jari? And Jari is a good regular season goalie. He still needs to take a few steps forward when it comes to postseason appearances. And I think that's what it came down to. And the other part of it is uh, Caleb DeSmith, I think, is the backup's name. He was injured. So I think, or Casey DeSmith, Casey DeSmith um, would have been I probably in net for one game. But because he was injured, I don't think that was a possibility. And it uh, wound up that the Penguins fell. So there's your eight teams, Winnipeg and Montreal, Colorado and Vegas, Boston, New York, Carolina, and Tampa Bay. And I think back to my days uh, of being like the – of my infancy stages of a hockey fan. And I kind of thought about this too with the NBA because um, I saw a clip from inside the NBA from a few years ago that I want to talk about when we get uh, when we get to basketball. But um, – because you know, I remember when when Winnipeg was in Atlanta and was struggling to draw tickets and struggling to do anything as a hockey franchise. And now they're in the playoffs yet again. They've done a very nice job of getting themselves there time and time again. You and you've got the the Montreal Canadiens who are not the team that they used to be anymore, but have still found a way to get in this season. And that's all you and as they've shown, you know, that's all you need to do. In, well, really any of the major sports. I think well, f- uh, football's kind of different. Um, but at most major sports, I think, it, this is the case where all you got to do is get in. But baseball's the biggest example. Um, but, uh, but, yeah, uh, all you got to do is get in. It, you know, if you, look at, if you look at it this season, there are all but one three-seed out of the four. All but one three-seed is in the second round right now. Two, four seeds are in the second round. And there's only two one seeds left, and that's Carolina uh, and Colorado. So actually, the the favorites, less than half the favorites won their first series, the favorites being uh, the higher-seeded team, who you would think would be the better teams. That has not been the case so far uh, in the NHL playoffs. Um, I think you've already answered this question, Justin, but I'll, I'll ask it anyway with a small twist. So you said that Colorado and Vegas is the series everybody's been wanting to watch, but what's another series that you do you quite like out of the remaining three? Well, I still like the Carolina-Tampa Bay series, and the, the reason for that is I think that series actually determines who's going to win the Stanley Cup. Carolina wins and they play Boston or New York, I think <laughs> That, I think the Eastern winner goes and has a great chance of defeating the Western winner. Because mm-hmm. the Western winner, um, if it's Colorado, doesn't have that experience. I think they will in the next few years. Um, but I just don't see them winning it this year. And for Vegas, you know, I, I feel Vegas has a great team overall. I think their first and second lines are extraordinary. But I think 
with how Boston has played since the trade deadline, for example, or now we're seeing the acquisitions of Travis Zajac and Kyle Palmieri uh, really show the reasons why uh, Lou Amarillo traded for them with the New Jersey Devils. I think that actually does favor the Eastern Conference more. And so I would say, like, if Carolina finds a way to win the next three games and Tampa's out, then I think, you know, what I've said about Tampa repeating and being the best team there is, I think this actually blows a huge hole open. And it Mm -hmm. actually narrows it down between the West and the East. And um, I'm not going to lie. I I think the Winnipeg-Montreal series is intriguing if, if Montreal winds up sweeping. Because the Jets, you, you don't want the Jets to get their top guys, Paul Stasny, Mark Scheifele back from suspension, or Dylan DeBello back from you know, injury. I think if you're Montreal and you get some extra rest and you get to watch the winner of whoever wins the Colorado uh, Vegas series, you can give them a hard mm-hmm. time. And I think that could determine uh, the health effects of who faces Tampa Bay or the winner of the Eastern Conference, um, how that how that will be determined. It could give the East more leverage. So that those are my two that I'm really watching and keeping an eye on. Playoff hockey again. I've said this many times before on uh, on this show. Hockey is not my forte. But playoff hockey is always really fun, and if I wasn't either doing something or, you know, sleeping, (laughs) (laughs) I would be consuming some more playoff basketball, and I think my uh, playoff hockey consumption would be above zero. So that's kind of where I'm at uh, with playoff hockey. I've kept an eye on things. Like, I knew what happened with with Toronto and, and Pittsburgh, you know, like the... Um, but I've I've tried to keep my eye out, but it is with my schedule currently and having to get up so early every day, it's kind of hard to keep great track. Um, but I do try. So uh, before we get to basketball, uh, any other notes on hockey? Yeah, you're starting to have some awards uh, really come out. We did have the NHL draft lottery, too. So the Buffalo Sabres will pick. Number one for the fourth time in their franchise history. Hilariously, though, uh, two of those have come within the last four years. (laughs) So uh, they get that. Um, But the Anaheim Ducks and the Seattle Kraken swap out two and three. So the Seattle Kraken will have the second overall pick. That's important because the Kraken uh, have a blue chip piece if they really want a high key restricted free agent or at least a free agent in this offseason who they deem as a game changer. Now, Alex Ovechkin is probably going to resign with the Capitals. But if you're talking, uh, you know, with your Vancouver guys, uh, where Jim Benning, I feel, would love to rebuild that roster more. If you feel that Elias Pettersson or Quinn Hughes are not happy with their contract negotiations... I'm not saying they'll trade for the number two overall pick, but you have Quinn Hughes and Kale McCarr, who they could target also. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of teams who have been in the playoffs this 
past season, could try and deal a player away. And this was notified to me yesterday. Tampa Bay has a lot of cap space they're going to have to crunch in. It won't be surprising if they buy out Tyler Johnson. Uh, Barkley Goudreau is going to be up for free agency, as is Blake Coleman. So they're going to try and keep that third line together. And if they can't, well, uh, we could see a trade with Seattle or a trade with a team that really has a lot to offer. And that's going to be a big one to see. International hockey, Canada came back to beat the U.S. 4-2 yesterday. They're playing in the gold match right now against Finland, uh, if you're into that kind of thing. Um, But I think the other thing that really stands out is um, now that we're nearing, of course, the end of the season, Seattle has also not chosen a head coach yet, which is kind of revealing because they've targeted Gerard Gallant. He's coaching for Team Canada. Uh, Rick Tockett has been targeted too, but I think that also gives away the philosophy of the team of whoever decides, okay, well, we have a bunch of defensive playmakers or you choose an offensive-minded head coach, you got to keep your offensive pieces to yourself. They may hire a coach after the expansion draft, and I think those two things, especially with the new team coming in, are very should keep NHL fans on their toes a bit. Yeah, boy, hiring a oof, hiring a coach after the draft has already happened, I think, is a really interesting move because, you know, um, I you would think that you would want a coach who can help you with that draft. And what I mean by help you with that draft is kind of help pick the personnel that can work with them, unless you're just going to you know, not go with somebody experienced like Gallant and just go with a different coach and just try and, you know, work your way uh, from the bottom up. Do you think Seattle has as good? I do want to ask you something about the expansion, though, since we're on that topic now. Um, Do you think Seattle has a chance to do what Vegas did? Um, I want to say... I think there's size that point to yes, and I think there's size that point to no. And I think it, it, for me, it actually depends on who they get in this upcoming restricted free agency. I think the big names, to me, that really stand out are those on the Carolina Hurricanes. And I had written about this in my blog piece about how the Carolina Hurricanes should play in the playoffs. They should play desperate because their head coach is up for a contract extension you got Warren Fogel and Andrei Svechnikov, two of the best players uh, in the Eastern Conference, I'll even add, who are going to be up. Um, you got Anaheim, Sam Steele, and Max Comtois. Colorado has Kale McCarr, who is last year's defensive or um, rookie of the year winner. And then you have goaltenders like Igor Shosturkin and UC Soros. And Carter Hart and Elvis Merzlikens. It's like, there's a good amount of restricted free agency where it's like, they should be able to actually build a roster quite well. And I think I said this um, at the halfway point. I mean, it is to be an expansion franchise nowadays, and it doesn't matter what sport you're in, you really got to love your chances because there are a lot more rules. There are a lot more regulations where they try to even the playing field. 
than you did in the 60s and 70s where, you know, the, the Capitals came in and they won, like, what, eight games their first year? Yep. Or San Jose and Ottawa in the, in the early 90s? Like, we have come so far in 30 years with expansion teams where it's like, um, Seattle really could if they get these players. I think what makes you say no is, okay, you're adding them in the Pacific Division where Vegas is still the big name. Um. And, and Vegas had a very unique situation where they made it special. They did it right in, in, in an area where there is no other professional sports teams at the time. Seattle has the benefit of, I'm not saying the Seattle Mariners because they suck, uh, but you have the Seahawks. And the Seahawks have championship aspirations. And with talk about the Sonics coming back where you still have a large basketball following. It's like, if the Kraken are ass, it's not going to be the worst thing. And maybe it's good to build from the ground up because other than, you know, depending on what the future holds for Edmonton, the only rivalry you'll have in the future is what presents itself in Los Angeles and uh, where the Canucks go. So I think, Either way, I feel the Kraken are in a great place to either do really well in the now or do very well within the next five years. And I think the other... See, this is where you and I kind of are at point-counterpoint on this issue. I think it's actually harder for Seattle because... Uh, or for the Kraken, rather, because the city of Seattle does have the Seahawks. Um, and they have no basketball team, which would make things tougher. Yes, they have those empty months. But um, I think if, if the Kraken are bad, you can just uh, – football is, is still king wherever you are, mostly wherever you are. And yeah. if Seattle is bad, and they, you will just kind of get people who just don't care. And you will get the people who are just like, eh, you know, the only Seattle sport I care about is, is the uh, – is uh, I almost said the Supersonics is the Seahawks because <laughs> let's be honest, nobody cares about the Mariners, nor should they. No. Yeah, I, I think that's the big thing. The Seahawks, to me, and when we talk football, I'm going to be very consistent with this. Both 1976 franchises in the NFC are going to be championship contenders, solidly, without a doubt. And Seattle is in it. Seattle is one of two teams in that conversation uh, from 1976. And that it's championship or bust for them this year, I believe. And they're going to, the, the city is going to be fully focused on what the Seahawks do. The Kraken, they come out in October. It's okay if you don't have your crap together by then. Uh, the Totems and the Thunderbirds are the minor league affiliates in Seattle or other league affiliates, uh, there is a strong showing for them. Okay. So I think there is enough of a hockey presence. And mm -hmm. I think what you say is very valid too, because with Vancouver nearby, it's like, well, you got a lot of Canucks fans in the area. And I think it's really going to depend, uh, like you said, do they want to start slow and sell that to the public, knowing that the Seahawks are going to be you know, the big team, um, are you going to sell the next few years knowing that the Supersonics are coming back? And it, it depends on how they want to sell this. They've been very good at not telling anyone anything right now to the point where they don't even have a head coach. 
Oh, and by the way, if the Supersonics come back, you're screwed. Yeah, I, w- I would actually say, because the NBA, and, and we'll talk about this a little bit as well, uh, the NBA talked to bring the Sonics back. There have been two different fronts with this lately. Um, it's looking more like it could happen within the next few years. So I think for the Kraken... Which I love, by the way. Yeah, I, I think everyone who is an adult right now who is reminiscent of Kevin Durant and all the talent that they drafted at the time... They want to see the Sonics be great again. No pun intended. Well, not, well, not <laughs> even uh, not even about that. Just about Seattle was such a great basketball city. And the NBA just ditched them to try and jump into a burgeoning market. And left a, a, a major, well, I guess, you know. Uh, would you call Seattle a major market? Because I want to, but actually, I think technically it isn't. I actually would at this point. You would. I, I don't know if they're higher. They might be. High, they might be higher than OKC, but I'm not sure. But also, um, not. Much higher. What did you say? Much higher than OKC. Really? Um, yes. Must be trying to get into the southeast then, or something. I thought it was television reasoning. Well, and and Oklahoma, I mean, consider, too, that it's right above Texas. Um, They do have really good college sports. I think, believe it or not, adding teams to smaller markets like Oklahoma is actually a good thing. And again, we'll get into this with the basketball part, too. Um, But this is actually one of those where you have to think, why has Seattle gone this long without a team? Yeah. And especially when I actually considered it to be a major city. And I consider it to be a major city for uh, one of two reasons. Number one, it is re- it's still rapidly expanding despite what how much of a population it has. So it is on that upwards trajectory. And number two, um, outside of California, how many major cities do you have on the West Coast? Um, well, um, are we including Portland or is that just a burning dumpster? I mean, Portland's a city, but major cities in the Currently in flames, but yes, it is a city. Yeah, because Damian Lillard may get traded. (laughs) Well, I didn't, I didn't really mean that. I mean, actually on fire. Um, because you know race riots. Um, but anyway, uh, it, well, you got uh, you said out. You you want to disclude the entire state of California, right? Yeah, excluding right. the whole state of California. Who do you have on the West Coast that really stands out? Uh, I mean, you do. Even though it's on fire, you do have Portland. You have Portland, Oregon. Um, is Tacoma big enough? No. Okay. Probably just Seattle then, right? Yeah. I mean, the only example I can think of would either be Honolulu or Anchorage, but no. <laughs> okay, well, I don't, we're not, uh, see, I don't consider them the West Coast because the West Coast implies to me the continent. 
In... Yeah, I, I, I think of the, the, the Western U.S. And I think this is where, right. to me, it's like, well, you take California out because you got four teams in there that aren't native. It's like Seattle is your biggest city. Mm -hmm. And there is no way Seattle should be going this long without a basketball team. No. And you know what? Um, I think with, you know, adding a hockey team, too, it actually is good for some of the rivalries because it's like, you know, you get to renew some of that rivalry with the Bay Area. San Jose is going to be building, too. They're bad. Uh, let's just face it. They're bad. Um, you get the Vancouver right across the border. That's nice. Um, but I do think it depends on how good can the Kraken be, not just their first year, but the first couple of years. And I think this is why, you know, if I have the second overall pick in this draft, what do you want to do with it? Do you actually want to build something solid? Do you want a star player who you couldn't get in restricted free agency uh, come out? I mean, what, what is the key here? to actually building a hockey franchise where you are going to be the third professional team or for, yeah, the third professional team in the market. And let's be honest, you're not going to be the first love. No, you're not. Not going to be hard to pass the Mariners though. Yeah. I think everyone's passed the Mariners and even the minor markets. I mean, <laughs> you university of Washington has passed them at this point. <laughs> But yeah, you know what, and, and we can actually take this into the basketball conversation now. Yeah. Um, so let's actually go to some of the stuff before the playoffs. And, and this is a very interesting perspective. So uh, Adam, Adam, what's his face? God, I, I really blanked out on his name. I almost called him Adam Gase or Adam Schefter, and, that, and neither is correct. Uh, Adam Silver. <laughs> Adam Silver. <laughs> Who the hell are you talking about? Adam, Adam Silver has said that this is the best time to add two expansion teams into the NBA. And the two possibilities are Las Vegas and Seattle. And I, wanted, I want to ask you personally, because um, I'll get into part two with the Sonics next. What do you think about the locations? Okay, first of all, Seattle, yes, you should have been... You, first of all, you never should have left. Let's just, let's just get that out of the way right now. You shouldn't have left to begin with. No. So, of course you should go back. That's one. Two, oh, you better be careful with the Vegas thing. Because... One billion other things to entertain yourself with. Two, just because the Knights did incredibly, because now I what I figured was going to happen with Vegas was doing so good was now the NFL was already moving, but I figured like I don't, I mean I don't know what hot market. Well, I guess they do have. Um, I think they have a team down in Houston. Yeah, they do. Um. I was wondering if maybe the MLS, I don't think they have a Vegas team. I was wondering if they'd try it. Like, I was like, oh, so what other professional sports league is going to look at, is going to, uh, going to look at uh, the Knights and go, hey, we can do that. And I don't know if you can, because that was a very 
a specific situation and something that helped in that situation was the lack of professional teams and also the fact that kind of all of a sudden out of nowhere they got really good. I would be very curious to see what a Vegas team would do because I think in Las Vegas you would have to go like I mean like, like now with the night set up and again you have to be if you're a uh, if you're basketball you have to be more wary of the NHL than if you are the Raiders because um they do kind of like you do share the same period and Vegas is very much a Knights town right now so Here's the thing. Here, here's my thing. What you're going to have to have is you're going to have to have some luck come to you. What's the expansion look like? What are we doing for an expansion draft? What's the protections look like? Because if teams decide to, you know, if, if you can only protect, like, what is it? What's the average NBA roster now? Like, your technical roster in the G League people is like, what, 15 or whatever? Um if you get to protect 10 of that and all you get is like back end of the roster, like Cristiano Felicio, um, uh, like guys that don't play anymore, like the carcass of Avery Bradley, you know, whatever, you know what I mean? Like injured guys, guys who are way aged out of their time and that aren't like going to do anything. Then you're probably going to have a problem there because I don't think that you're going to be able to compete and should, even if you should luck into a draft with a superstar, you know, and I'm talking Vegas here, I think Seattle will be fine. You know, whatever, as long as the process to get the team to Seattle isn't full, it like doesn't become a complete disaster, the Seattle thing will work. Because, like, you have people actively there saying, we'll make it work, just come back. You know what I mean? Yes. But in Vegas, I think you're going to have to earn it. And um, it would depend on how the expansion draft goes. It would depend on what the other teams decide to do in the league. Whether they would, you know, protect. I'm not saying LeBron is going to go there. What I'm saying is, like, if you're the Bulls, you know, are you going to protect your veterans? Or are you going to and you let a youth guy go? You know what I mean? Like if there if there's a cut line here between a vet and some of the youth, what gets let go? And I think if the answer to that question winds up being some of the younger, maybe more talented guys, or it winds up being the other way, but a higher quality veteran, like Let's say somebody like, uh, like, uh, here's a uh, Clippers example. Okay. Would you expose Serge Ibaka? You know, an older guy and a bigger deal could help your cap situation, but he's also a solid role player. Well, if you add Serge Ibaka to an expansion team, that team becomes a little bit more interesting because Serge Ibaka is a good NBA player. There's enough good players where... If there was an expansion draft and it, and the how uh, the results of that draft, like who was exposed, broke in your favor, you could build a decent NBA team. The problem is that there's still a lot of teams that have kind of chasms at the bottom, so you're only probably going to be able to build a decent rotation 
and I don't think you're going to make the playoffs, even if, like I said, even if you get lucky and there's a generational rookie, still going to be hard to make the playoffs. Like, maybe second year you could or something like that. Again, if you get super lucky in the expansion. But I'm scared of the – this is the long way of getting to my point of I'm scared of expanding to Vegas because of how well the NHL is. I feel like the reason you would do it because you go, oh, if hockey can succeed in the desert, then surely basketball can. Well – Pump the brakes on that because you have to, and maybe they know, maybe they have some kind of analytics or something, but you have to ask yourself the question, would the Knights have succeeded if not for their immediate success and getting Las Vegas, who didn't have another professional team, uh, to like them so quickly because of the success and because it was really, it was really the first one. You know, the Raiders weren't there yet, and it was that wasn't the, you know, it wasn't that, oh, oh, you know, Oakland's moving here. Like, they were like, yeah, they're good, and not only are they good, it's ours. This is our team. You know, they started here. We're going to raise them here. So I think it's really interesting. I'm, I'm scared. I would be curious if they went into Vegas, but I'm scared of that. I don't have a counterproposal for you. Makely, I do not have a countered, um, I don't have a region or a place I'd rather them go uh, off the top of my head. I'd have to think on it um, because I, I think that most of your your good basketball places uh, are covered except for Seattle, really. Because um, when I think basketball, I think like, like, okay, so, you know, where's the places they play basketball? Kind of in the streets. Well, you know, you got some of that in middle America. A lot of that out on the East Coast. Well, what city could support a team on the East Coast that doesn't have basketball yet? The Celtics, the Knicks, the Nats, and that Brooklyn Brooklyn thing was sketchy for a while, too. Um, You know, would would a rough and tumble city like Pittsburgh accept basketball? You know, I see. This is where I would like to. This is a good conversation because, as a as a basketball friend told me, it's about where the money is going to be. So if you're look, if you're opening for money monetary reasons, Seattle and Vegas are are good options. Yep. But I, totally but, I, but I do wonder, you know, for me, it's like, and I'll get to the Seattle part in a bit. Um, <clears throat> you know, this causes some problems, too, you know, with how you want to do divisions. Because it's like, now you have an overload of teams in the West. You got one in Arizona. You got one in Colorado. You got four in California. That's six right there. Uh, you got Utah. You're adding one in Seattle and Vegas. And oh, by the way, Oklahoma City and and whatnot is close around the area. And oh, don't forget Portland, Oregon is right there too. So you're having all of these Western teams bunched together, and I I don't think it is. But here's here's a city in the East that you know you haven't named is Baltimore because you oh, got the Ravens. There you go. You got the Ravens and you got baseball, but. You have this period in between where you got nothing. 
You don't mm-hmm. have basketball. You don't have hockey. Um, and you kind of got to feed into the D.C. area. Well, the Wizards really haven't done anything since they moved or changed their name. Mm-hmm. And the Capitals, <clears throat> despite all that talent, I mean, they've only won one Stanley Cup. And that was against an, a, a first-year expansion team. So I really wonder, you know, when you talk about some of these cities that, or cities that were basketball cities at one point, like Cincinnati, that's that's an example I've thrown out yeah, there. Yeah, Cincy, Cincy would be a good one. I mean, you got the whole thing with Kara, with Cleveland, I know that. But when you move, obviously, when you move from Seattle to Oklahoma, you really created a new market for yourself. And I wonder what would be a new place that you could put a, a, a team in a small market like. Because you had that in Kansas City and Cincinnati at one point, and it makes me think, could you do the same thing again? And um, and this actually... Okay, um, if you want a candidate for that, then um, go to Nashville. Do you think that would be able to happen with Nashville? Because like you said, with Vegas, they love the Predators. The Titans are really good right now. Do you think a basketball team just coming in, you know, would that be the market? Uh, But, well, yeah, you can make the same arguments as Vegas, but I'm, like, if I'm thinking of, I'm just off the top of my head thinking of, you know, markets that you could bust into and Nashville would be, I'm just saying, like, Nashville would be one of them. I'm not saying it's it's the world's greatest plan or it's even feasible or going to happen or whatever, but I think Nashville would be a good one. Um, is I just don't know if Kentucky is big enough because here's my other thought. If you're the NBA and you want a second franchise, you want to bring in Seattle and bring in another, if you think now is the best time for an expansion there ever is, why not try something different? Like try and go to either an old ABA city, like Louisville, right? Um an old ABA city that hasn't had basketball in a long time. So Cincinnati, Kansas city, those kind of places, or try something different. Like Minkley, you know, and I know that there's a couple of States up in the North that would have an easy travel partner in the Timberwolves would be reasonably close to Seattle, would be close with Utah, like the regioning would be okay, Colorado as well, the regioning would be fine. There's a place that has rabid college fans that travel really well. Mm -hmm. And I think if you tried pro sports up there, you might get it to go well. The problem with the Dakotas would be... They travel well for everything, but football is more their speed. So I would be worried it's the wrong sport, and the NFL would never go up there because the NFL can go wherever they want. 
It's just that, like, you have to have the sheer volume just because, like, to them it doesn't matter. To the NBA, the NHL, and the MLB, although I don't think they're ever expanding again, not the way they're going. Um, they, I bet that I bet that league contracts before it expands. Um, like, no, no, seriously, no, I, I, I bet we, I, there would be to me a better chance of losing baseball franchises than moving baseball franchises. Like, if the Rays move to Montreal and that thing doesn't work out, I don't think they replace that franchise. They're just deleted. Um, because that, that franchise is just dead at this point. Uh, yeah. Uh, you know, and this actually feeds into something else. So, first off, I'm going to say the Dakotas are a brilliant option, especially North Dakota, because, A, football is not expanding there because that's a Vikings territory, and the Vikings are very territorial about the Dakotas because that, that feeds into a lot of their profits. So, no, I don't see North Dakota getting a football team anytime soon, so that leaves us with basketball or hockey, and you could put hockey up there too. You have some damn good hockey programs up there. Yeah, you do. But I think for hockey, what they would want to do next is put it in a Canadian city like Quebec, or uh, I would say Nova Scotia because Nova Scotia, I think, has the funds to cover it. Um, <laughs> but mm-hmm. basketball would be a good option because, like you said, people are going to come out, and I think. That is a brilliant idea. Now, um, when it comes, now I'm going to throw you a curveball here. So Alex Rodriguez's group, to show you how what strange times we're in, has wound up buying and will take control over most of the Minnesota Timberwolves. And one thing that he has said already is he wants to move that franchise to Seattle. So this, to me, is a curveball thrown in because, A, this was never pitched until after he pretty much was said to be the controlling owner, Mm -hmm. the group he was with. And, B, it would throw a wrench into the, the NBA's whole expansion idea, meaning, okay, well, Minnesota moves. They stay in the Pacific Division or the Northwest Division, so no real realignment. But the league has to go back to the drawing board and decide, okay, is the move to Bay, is an expansion in Vegas really worth it? Do you wind up splitting one team in the East and one team in the West? And one thing that, now, one thing that does stand out is, you know, what happens to the Minnesota Lynx, because you have the Seattle Storm there for the women's team, and they're tied in. And I could see them breaking that off. I could, if they were desperate enough to. But it, it really does throw a wrench in things. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Um, I think that would be that would be both. I, I think if you are if you are the owner, if you're a rod in this scenario, this is the smart thing to do. Because, I mean, let's be realistic about it. Like, where are you going to make more money? Right. The an- the answer is Seattle. <laughs> you know, um, if you're the NBA, I don't know. I mean, do you consider, I consider the Minnesota experiment at this point failed. So you're probably okay with moving the team. Unless you're just so desperate for there. But, I mean, really, 
Minnesota's kind of hockey anyway, you know? Like, that's what I was talking about. Like, the you know, your your regional sports and whatever. Minnesota's like kind of like Canada. That's hockey town. So, that's ho- or town. That's hockey country. So, you know, you can analyze why it didn't work and figure it out, but you're probably always going to have hockey more popular, and the Twinkies have been up there for long enough that the Twins are going to survive. It might just mean that 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 did that NBA venture just isn't going to work. Um, and if you're going to do one West, one East, and again, maybe a Cincinnati, a Nashville. I think B-more is a good one. Baltimore is a really good idea. Um, or maybe you try and reach down like you did with OKC and Polo Lexington or Louisville. Um, Louisville has the facilities. They have that beautiful KFC Yum Center that where the where the Cardinals play, but that's not owned by them. Um, there's tons of events at the Yum Center. So you would have a building already there. You wouldn't have to build anything, you know. It's known as a college stadium, but if you were good enough, you could fix that quickly. I don't know. Uh, something to consider. Um, nothing more in Florida. Please don't think of Tampa Bay as a good idea since the Rays are going to leave in about 10 minutes. Um, that's yeah, a bad don't. plan. Don't do that. Florida has clearly shown you idiots time and time again that it doesn't draw. And for some reason, you keep going down there because... Florida's got a whole bunch of old retired people there and a bunch of drunk people on spring break. So professional sports has got like four teams in a state that draws for one team. And yeah, so let's table the expansion discussion. Had that going for a while and talk about the playoffs. Yeah, there's a lot of fun stuff going on with the playoffs right now. The, uh, the big one is game seven of the Dallas uh, I almost said Cowboys. We're not on that football track yet. The Mavericks are on uh, against the Clippers right now. Game's been going back and forth as of right now. It is a lead for the Clippers. They lead 31-26. Uh, the Hawks and the Philadelphia 76ers and the Bucks and Nets have kicked off their second-round series. The Nets clearly ran away with Game 1 last night, and they shouldn't have. That was with James Harden leaving with a knee injury. A lower leg injury. We'll see how that goes. The Hawks pretty much blew out Philadelphia, but Philly had a good fourth quarter run. And second round is going to depend. Obviously, uh, there's going to be a start, I believe, tomorrow for both Phoenix and Denver. Mm. And winner of the Clippers, Mavericks, is going to play Utah. So here's where it gets really interesting. Mike, with the Lakers and Celtics eliminated in the first round, uh, and that was no contest, really, through six games That after AD went out. Uh, Phoenix was going to advance. Get this. If Dallas wins today's Game 7, they are the most recent team to win a championship of the eight remaining teams. They won in 2011. Really? Yes. If the Clippers win, if the Clippers win, five of the eight teams have yet to win a championship. That is not a misprint. Five of the eight teams, if the Clippers advance, will have not won a championship at all in their entire history. 
the ones that have Atlanta in the 1950s, go figure, Philadelphia and Milwaukee. Philadelphia won theirs in the early 80s. Wow. Yeah. So we are going to get a champion this year that I has did not, not think about that at all. I don't think most people have, and that's why it should be put out there because wow, there is going to be a definite new champion this year that has featured that does not feature Steph Curry or LeBron James. Yep. And there's also going to be a champion that doesn't feature a lot of recent success, so it'll be a nice Ah, fresh, fresh NBA, which I've really been hoping for. In some ways, this is what we've been asking for. So the teams that have yet to win a championship, uh, now one, now two of them are playing against each other. That would be Phoenix and Denver. Mm -hmm. uh, someone's going to have to lose that series. Sorry, not sorry. Um, the Brooklyn Nets have yet to win one. And Utah has yet to win one. And that's why I say it depends on if they play the Clippers because, again, that would make two series and both of them in the Western Conference where someone has yet to win a title mm -hmm. and will miss out. Boy, that would be good for the league, for that Brooklyn market to get a title. I really would. I mean, it's a super team, and you'd like to see one of these, uh, one of the younger teams like, like one of the younger stars like Luka or Booker or Jokic and Murray or even Giannis and Embiid and Simmons and Trey Young. You would like to see one team other than the super team do it? Yeah. But because I, I think it's great for basketball, the, the Lakers got eliminated. Because they need to be shown that the super team isn't the only way to success. Because at a certain point, you're going to start getting fans who are like, well, I don't have seven all-stars. I'm done. You know, I'm going to check out. The NBA is rigged anyway. It's always that damn Los Angeles. <laughs> or that, you know, that them damn West Coast markets to get all them players. Oh, 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 here comes Brooklyn, you know. All that stupid, smelly East Coast going to get all them players. You know, but it's possible. Miami tried that last year, did their best, and got kicked out. And by the way, really, really surprised they got swept out of the building. Um, as we move to the playoff conversation, your first round matchups. The Sixers demolished the Wizards. That surprised anybody? No? Good. Atlanta beat New York. So, the <laughs> it's really funny. So, the matchup of the two teams that I was like, hmm, so which one of you, or the, the two teams where I was like, yeah, you're both fake. Which one, you know, you're going to get knocked out in the first round. Faced each other. So one of them had to not get knocked out in the first round. And it was Atlanta that did not get knocked out in the first round. They beat New York four games to one. Kind of sad for New York because, again, for some weird reason, we just decided that Julius Randle stopped existing in the MVP conversation because Philly won more games. Okay, thanks. Um... But, I mean, it's Jokic's anyway, so it doesn't matter, but 
Randall should have at least been there. He he's gonna have most improved, so it's like Oh, he's already won most improved. Or one most improved, you're right. Um who's got most improved, so it's like hey, here's your consolation prize, I guess. Um we're getting shafted out of MVP voting. Um Milwaukee trounced Miami for nothing. The Bucks look better. Like they look different. They look better in that series, I think. Um than they did last year or the year before. Starts being a playoff team. Boston, what 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 the hell's wrong with Boston? They never woke up from their coma. They never did better. They wound up getting beat in five games to Brooklyn. I didn't think they were going to beat Brooklyn, but I thought Boston would give them a hard time because I was still of the mind that the Celtics are good. They're just asleep right now. No, apparently they're not, and I... <sighs> I look at that roster, Bigley, and I don't understand why the hell they're bad. I, I can't get my brain around it. And it's not like this is the first year that group is together. No, that's accurate, too. Because there's some times where you go, oh, first time, you know. Like, oh, they built a super team. Oh, it, you know, chemistry takes time. Oh, they're not great. Oh, they'll be fine. You know, like the Bulls. Well, new coach, like me as a Bulls fan, it's like there were improvements. New coach, new identity. Give it time. I'm okay with give. What Boston? What? Do, <laughs> you don't. You don't have the. You don't have that excuse. And there's another team who made the playoffs that I don't think has that excuse either. Um, for, and it, not like they're the best team in the world or anything, the team I'm going to talk about in a minute, but they don't have that excuse either as to why they haven't done a damn thing yet. Um, but yeah, Boston, I don't, I don't know what the hell. I, I say Firebrand Stevens and, and start over. I don't know what the hell's wrong with them. Um, you have whatever the hell's wrong with Boston. So that's your that's your East done. Philly, Atlanta. Milwaukee and Brooklyn. First game is done as of this recording in each of those series. Uh, Brooklyn won nothing on Milwaukee, and Atlanta won the first game against Philly, and Embiid did play, and it wasn't like he was dead. He scored 30 points, so, hmm, okay, uh, interesting. Your Western Conference. The Jazz took care of the Grizzlies. I can't believe... I, I get it, okay? I, I do get it. The Jazz aren't the most exciting team in the world. A lot of people thought they were going to choke in the playoffs, and they're probably going to. Dude, really seriously, people, stop picking them over the uh, stop picking the Grizz over them. You guys are stupid. Um, I saw people that were like, "No, Memphis is good, better than Utah." Like, what? Um, so Utah moves on. Game seven right now between the Clippers and the Mavericks. Please, Luca. Please. I guess I need to say. Uh, please, Kristaps, too, because Kristaps is finally really good. Um, that uh, The winner of that game plays Utah. Denver beat Portland 4-2. to Hey, Portland, are you, you know, ever going to do something? Maybe? Someday? Well, when's that day coming? Because at this point... I know he's still younger than you think, but Damian Lillard's not getting any younger. And I know he loves it there, but eventually he may go, 
you know, we suck for long enough. I kind of want to stop. <laughs> like, I'm a great player, and I can't win a playoff game because my team is dumb. Why is this the case? I want, I want to do something else. Um, like, I'm not going to make the same mistake that Clyde made. Stay here, stay here until I'm old and broken down. Um, and then mercifully, the Lakers lose. The LeBron injury actually wound up killing them. Well, I mean, it was AD's injury that killed them, but let me have my peace. Uh-huh. Um, AD got hurt, and that sent them out to the woodshed. Phoenix wins that series 4-2, to two, so they play Denver. Man, I'm excited for Phoenix and Denver. Never thought I'd hear, never really thought as an NBA fan I'd heard those words come out of my mouth. At least not in the playoffs, anyway. Um, or really at all, because, oh my god, my entire life, Phoenix. Um, yeah. Well, really, Denver, too, most of my life has been, oh, bad. Um, yeah, that's kind of my rundown of the NBA playoffs. Um, me personally, I'm going to say, Binkley, before I ask your opinion on all this stuff, I'm going to say personally, series I'm most looking forward to watching is what I just mentioned, Denver and Phoenix. And you said, you mentioned all these teams that have never won a title. I think we get, (sighs) I mean, we're going to get a new champion as relates to the last, you know, while. Um, what, what do you say, Denver or uh, Dallas? So that would have been 2011. That's your most recent. Um, I'm inclined to say Phoenix or Utah is the one that makes it to the finals. But I think the e- whoever wins the East, and let's be honest, Atlanta's one game one, not as the joke is not the terminology. I don't mean that literally, but like you know what I mean. Like that, that's funny, you know. Uh, ha ha. Whoever wins Philly and the matchup of whichever other team comes out of Milwaukee or Brooklyn is your champion. The West ain't good enough. You know, it's funny you say this because I actually think that there is enough in the West to win a championship. And I think. You know, I, I do believe whoever wins the Brooklyn-Milwaukee series goes. But I think they lose in the finals. And I think that will be a good thing because we're going to see these teams back in the finals over time. But I really think we do get a team that hasn't won it before. And I think it's either Denver or Phoenix. I think that, you know, kind of like we did in 2011 and we did in 2004, like there's going to be a year where no one you expect wins the championship. And I think that's, that is awesome if it winds up being Phoenix because it's their first title ever. Monty Williams and Chris Paul finally get the title that they never got in New Orleans. Devin Booker is a star. It cements you know, where he's going right now. And I think it actually cements Phoenix as a, as a place that can grow a team. Because remember, the Coyotes are are close to moving out or are in turmoil right now. And I think it's actually a boost for those in it who love Arizona sports. So I think Phoenix takes it. I think it's just their year. And I don't I can't tell you why. Some years you can't be told why, you just know. Mm-hmm. And I think this is a good year that, you know, Brooklyn and Milwaukee, if it, whenever they get there, 
They're going to get that finals experience. They're going to know what it's going to take to win it and to, and to go back. Um, but I think this is Phoenix's, and I think it's just written that this is supposed to be the year Chris Paul and Monty Williams do it. So here, here's my thing. If it's Brooklyn, you're going to have to outdo dual Brooklyn, but I'm still of the opinion that Brooklyn has too many guys who can score. So here's, here's my point. If it's Phoenix and Milwaukee, Milwaukee wins. Because, yeah, you have CP3 and, and Devin Booker. You have the offense to go along with Milwaukee. Just Who defends Giannis? See, I, I would agree with it in that. Giannis, too slow. Yeah. Booker does not, as much as I love the book, he does not have the strength. I don't think as good a defender as he is, I don't think Chris Paul at any point could have defended Giannis, let alone now. Who defends Giannis? See, it, it makes sense when you say Milwaukee because Drew Holiday can cancel out one of those guards. And I think yeah. what could... The, the reason Eric, um, Phoenix, to me, gets by Denver is because Jay Crowder is going to be the player that has to show up. Um, they cannot stop Nikolai Jokic, even Yosef, uh, Yusuf Nurkic, uh, who, who really tried, just couldn't, uh, the last two games. And I do believe if it's Milwaukee, that Drew Holiday will lock up one of the guards. Now, if we're taught, but I think what really could be a determining factor here is the coaching aspect. Because Steve Nash is in his rookie year as a coach. And Mike Boonhoser has never proved to be the clutch dude who really shows how to adapt. Mm-hmm. And you kind of saw it in yesterday's game one with James Harden out. Like, they never made the adjustments for that. So I would actually say... If Phoenix wins against either Brooklyn or Milwaukee, it's because Monty Williams really has to pull everything out of his bag. Mm-hmm. Well, and here's the two if it's Brooklyn versus uh, Phoenix. Monty Williams is an actual NBA coach. Let's not get twisted what Steve Nash is. Yeah, he's you know a player's I mean? coach. He's right. a player's coach. And, well, there, and there's nothing Let's not wrong. get confused what Steve Nash actually is. Let's not pretend he's, he is, you know, like they didn't bring him in to be Phil Jackson. Or Tom, Th- like he's not brought in to be a great NBA coach. He's brought there to keep people happy. And to be the... It, it's like instead of signing him to a contract, you made him a coach. Like yep. he is he is there to be an ex star. That's what he's there for. And Monty Williams, an actual coach. Well, I'll coach him the question is would would Brooklyn play better? And especially if Harden has these these issues, I think you got a problem. But I get I mean, then again you could also just say who the heck guards Kevin Durant, if you can say who the heck guards Giannis in that. While that's true, if Harden is limited, then you're going to need Kyrie Irving to be really, really good, and I think Chris Paul will have the measure of Kyrie Irving there. 
Yeah, and I think the fact that Devin Booker and, and Chris Paul is one of the best guard tandems in the league mm-hmm. uh, really puts a damper on that. And I think that, well, this is why I have Phoenix winning, too. So this is a little uh, insight into my Western Conference semifinals. Um, I think this is how Phoenix gets past Denver, is they're, they're going to run laps around the Nuggets, and it's going to come down to whoever they play. Your forward and center play has to be has to make up most of the game mm-hmm. for the scoring. Now, Denver has a good chance because they got Aaron Gordon in that trade. Your centers are both Nikolai Jokic and Paul Millsap. Um, but if you're if you're the um, the Nets, and I said the Bucks win because they had depth here. You know, you got Claxton coming in off the bench. Um, and you get Harris, but who do you really have outside of that? You're going to have to be playing. You're you're going to have to rely on at least five guys to get you into a hundred points a night. And, you know, we don't know how serious the Harden injury is. And we know Kyrie is probably going to be locked up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> These guards are going to be locked up. So how are you going to be getting the points to get past Phoenix? And I don't think the Nets have that capability. Which is why, to me, I think it's a brilliant idea if you have the Nets and the Suns in this. The Nets actually get some championship experience. They can add more bench depth to their roster this offseason because that's what's going to be available. You got the cap for that? You know, that's the thing. I I feel like if you really want to pay the luxury tax, and I feel like Brooklyn will want to, they're going to spend money. So I think this is a great learning lesson for the Nets to – you know, get uh, some bench depth for them to learn that you can't do it off three guys alone. Phoenix will take the trophy home, and you no, know, that'll be it. That, that's how I see this playing out. I would love for Phoenix to take the trophy home, but I'm not so sure with you. I mean, we said the same thing about the Mavericks and the Heat ten years ago, so. And we said the same thing that we're trying to say about Phoenix about Miami last year. Very true. And the Bulls, when they were coming up against LeBron. And Oklahoma City against Golden State. Although Golden State was just, Golden State was deeper. So if you want to go with the depth argument, I'll give you that. But, you know, don't forget that we have done this argument before and it has gone the opposite direction. Yep. You could also so, say the thing about the Raptors and the Warriors too. Yeah. Although the Raptors got that title because Kawhi played the best basketball he'll ever play in his life. Well, and KD got injured too. Yeah. Throwing insult to injury, the Clay Thompson got hurt too. <laughs> Yeah, poor Warriors are just injured to hell and back. So, Minkley, unless you got anything else, on, oh, um, do you want to give your predictions, or should we say that for your blog? Well, I have written the Eastern Conference one. I got the Bucks winning in a full seven against the Nets. I think this is going to go a full seven. This is going to be a wonderful series. I do have the Sixers winning in six. Okay. The- because the thing with the Hawks that really stands out is, okay, the guards, 
guards for both teams are going to play. Um, do I trust Seth Curry and Tobias Harris more than I trust Clint Capella and the other starters mm-hmm. outside of the guards? I would lean towards yes on that. Okay. Uh, Danilo Gallinari and Rajon Rondo are great. Com- or not Rajon Rondo. Lou Williams are great coming off the bench. I think they'll keep the score pretty close. I think a lot of these series will be close. Embiid started today, so I I do have hope that Philadelphia can win at least game two. Um, but I'll give Philly a six-game nod here. Okay. Um, I am an asshole to the Utah Jazz for multiple reasons. I think the league does not want them to succeed after Rudy Gobert became patient zero last year. <laughs> um, so I'm saying whoever wins the Dallas Clippers series is going to go to the conference finals. And I have the Suns winning because it cannot be just Nikolai Jokic and Aaron Gordon. And by the way, you know, we want to talk about point guard play. One really has to look at who the Denver Nuggets has as their point guards. Because if you're facing Chris Paul and Devin Booker, you might as well have two really good guards. They got Facundo Campazzo running point with Monty Morris and Austin Rivers as your other two guards. I don't think that gets you anything special against Devin Booker and Chris Paul. So it's got to be Jokic and Millsap at center, and then your forwards with Michael Porter Jr., Aaron Gordon, and Jermichael Green. Don't forget Jamal Murray. No, Jamal Murray is done for the season, remember? Oh, yeah. Yeah, that historic game Steph Curry had where he broke Wilt's all-time scoring record. Yeah, Jamal decided to blow his ACL out that night near the end. So Facundo Campazzo is your starting point guard. He averages three points a game. Not a good look for the Denver Nuggets. And I guarantee you, if they were playing a team that was much better. What the hell's his name? Facundo Campazzo. (laughs) This is legit your point. This is your point guard. And I hate to say it, but, you know, Damian Lillard dropped 55 on this man. You know, the point guard play, the the guard play wasn't Portland's problem. It's the fact that, A, they're coaching his ass. Well, they got rid of that already. And, oh, by the way, they don't really have any standout players at the forward or center position. Like, you have old Carmelo, you have Nurkic coming off injury. There's not many guys on there. And it makes me wonder, you know, that took Denver to six games. So... Mm -hmm. I have, I think, I think Phoenix is going to win this one in either six or seven. And that's going to be, I think, the best series in the Western Conference. I think that deter- that series also determines who's going to go to the conference or the finals, too. Don't mm-hmm. get me wrong. I like Luka. Um, but I do have the Mavs winning this series today, and they will fall short in the conference finals. He's going to do uh, the younger version of what Giannis is probably going to do, or what the Nets are going to do. They're going to get to the finals and lose. <laughs> then we go. So. Yeah. So all that's right, well, all I have. That's Minkley's thoughts, and that's my thoughts, and we're at a good hour 20, Minkley, so we are at a good place. So, yeah. why don't we start with you? Wrapping it up, my friend. 
All right, so jdsportscorner.wordpress.com is going strong these days. Western Conference predictions should be up by tomorrow. That means the 7th. Uh, and Eastern Conference, Eastern and Western Conference finals for NHL are coming up very soon, especially since mm -hmm. the Lightning lead three games to one, and I have them winning Tuesday night. That's a little secret between you and me. So we're going to go with that. Uh, Pro Talk is growing as well with me and Wesley Woods. First Degree Sports should be growing as well. Our YouTube page should be set up sometime soon. And you can catch me running the the Sports Fixins Facebook page as well if you need to ask for anything. All right, my plugs. A new episode of No Marks Allowed came out this week. We talked major releases in the WWE, people who were on television just two days before, in fact, got released by the company. Evan Williamson and I talk about that. We also talk about what went on in the world of the WWE this week, as we always do. But really, the big part of that show was the releases from the biggest company in the world and letting so much of their talent go right to AEW to be booked like crap. So you can hear that, the No Marks Allowed podcast. And that's all I got. So for Justin Minkley, I am Michael Dion, and I want to say get your vaccinations. They are out there. You can get them. Stop being an idiot. Go get vaccinated, damn it. Don't be lazy like Evan Williamson. I, I made fun of him for this uh, on the show. He says he hadn't gotten his yet just because he's lazy. Well, don't be a lazy ass. Go get yeah. your vaccine. Be if like me and Mike. Get our second shot. <laughs> yeah, if... Yeah, oh, yeah, and get both. Don't just get one and think you're good. Get both, because apparently that's the thing in America. Um, <laughs> no, seriously, apparently it's a thing here. Uh, well, then again, people, certain people think it's either sugar water or Bill Gates' is microchipping or other dumb shit. So stop, don't be a dumbass. Actually go get your damn vaccine and protect yourself from COVID, which can and will kill you. It has at this point killed 600,000 Americans. And they're not being paid to fake it. They're dead. So I don't know why you're paying the dead people. So stop with your conspiracy theory stupidity. Get your damn vaccine. If you're not going to wear a vaccine, stay the fuck out of the public eye. If you won't stay out of public and you want to infect the rest of society, then at least wear a mask so you don't do it as blatantly. So don't be a human. In summation... Don't be a scumbag. And have a good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and a good night. And I will now say bye-bye, everybody.